All right, welcome to Break the Money. Curse, it's your boy Drew. It's your boy D Money. Hey D, you would be proud. Why? I uh, I doubled up my four hundred one k investments. Wow, that's what's up. It's very painful. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd be proud though. When you say you doubled up your four hundred one k investments, does that mean that you? The, 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 yeah, my paycheck deduction. See, I, I probably wouldn't do that. You know why I'm saying that? Why are you saying that? Because 401ks, I'm actually not a big fan of 401ks. For one, the fees or and or the funds that yeah. are in the 401k are usually high higher fee than yeah. you can get from like a Vanguard, Fidelity, TD Ameritrade, things like that. Yeah. And the funds are limited. So what I would tell people to do is um, invest in as much as the max is, and then yeah. if you want to do more, the max for the the match for the match, yeah, the max yeah. for the match. If they're doing five percent match, do up to the five percent, and then if you want to do more, then go do an IRA. Yeah, you know, in a Vanguard, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, anything like that, where you can get very low cost funds. Plus, you can get like all the funds you know um because typically in a 401k you probably got like maybe access to i don't know 50 funds or something 50 to 100 whereas if you did vanguard or fidelity now you got thousands of funds um, which which i'm a big fan of and we'll talk about this but you know you're a proponent of paying the taxes now yeah well depend for most people i think so it depends on what tax bracket you are but i mean we can talk about it now yeah, for most people, I think that you should go with the Roth. Um, it, it's, it's a matter of w- if you think that your taxes are going to be higher when you yeah. retire or when you need that money than now. So, for instance, if you're in the 15% tax bracket, the 20% tax bracket, but you think that, you know, you're going to continue to make more and more money, you know, as you get older and maybe you're going to be in the 30 or the 40% tax bracket, mm-hmm. you know. I would rather pay taxes right now at 15 and 20%. So then when I'm in a 40% tax bracket, when I take it out, it's going to be uh, tax-free. Yep. Whereas if I get the tax benefit now on 15% and when I take it out, it's going to be 40% taxes. So yep. it's all a matter of if you think that you're going to be in a higher tax bracket or not. If you don't think you're going to be in a higher tax bracket, it probably don't make sense. Yeah. I want to. I think, I think, I, I think that, there's going to be higher taxes as we get older because look at all this money that America is spending. Like yeah. You can't tell me that like somebody's taxes is not getting raised. Yep. And I want to dig into this topic more and we will. Um, but we're going to talk about a topic today that if we're being honest, they did not want to talk about, but we're going to talk didn't. about it anyway. Let's do it. <laughs> Why did you want to <laughs> talk about this topic? Uh, this topic just <laughs> tends to be salacious gossipy you know and I, i'm not really that type of, I'm, I'm not really that, but i'm not really that type of person like i don't really gossip you know i don't i don't do that type of stuff so for you, me it's not really an interesting topic you make it sound like we're about to talk about some kind of sexual scandal or some shit i don't know man that's what, what i get it just it just topic? seems like most people who talk about this topic is just in a very gossipy way like a real housewives of atlanta type of way like, we're talking just... about finances and marriage okay okay and you could be wrong i could be wrong and you've been married for a minute right 
Yeah, for a long time. Just made nine years. That's amazing. I don't remember much about your wedding. <laughs> were you drunk? Because <laughs> you were trolling it. <laughs> I remember I was not your best man. You, you were like, you, stand your ass. you said, stand your ass over there. <laughs> shout out, shout out, Ashley. We actually, we should have, this would be a good topic. We should have invited them on for this one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I remember your bachelor party. I remember that one. You know what? There's two distinct things I remember. Three things that come to mind. Um, Because I was still, I was still like inebriated by the time we got to your wedding. Me too, by the way. (laughs) I remember like being out in the middle of the street and I didn't live in like the best neighborhood. I remember, like one of one of one of our boys walked up and was like, "Why are you in the middle of the street with no shirt on?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know what's going on." Yeah, that was a wild night. <laughs> I remember you had like some crazy scratch on your back, and yeah. like, nobody knew how that happened. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. I, and then I poured like Listerine on it because that was the only thing I had in the. <laughs> yeah. And. I remember I, I broke my closet door and I don't remember how that happened. <laughs> but it's been, that was nine years ago. Um, and yeah. it's been a successful journey for you. Uh, more or less, more or less. <laughs> I think any man. It's been some, some, some peaks and valleys, but more or less, yeah. I think any married person would say that, right? Yeah, definitely. Of course. But uh, I want to kind of like I want to talk. So the topic is really about finances in dating and marriage. So kinda, let's backtrack, right? Um, so there are a couple things uh, swirling online recently, and I think this is what he's talking about when I when he says salacious. Um, <laughs> so uh, recently, uh, Chad Johnson, so Ocho Cinco posted. Someone posted like I can stretch fifty dollars a week. Um, no, the, the question was, how much money is too much money for our first date? And someone said, I can stretch $50 a week. Definitely uh, doesn't um, like that. That's a lot for a first date. And then Chad, Chad Ochocinco said, anything over $50 is a red flag, which is interesting coming from a millionaire, right? He, he's pretty frugal, though. He's always been that way. If you know, if you know, if you follow Chad Johnson, he's been that way even when he was playing, which I, I actually appreciate it. I mean, here's a, there's a lot of things you can do for under $50, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. But do you think $50 is a lot for a first date in 2021? It depends on the age. You know, like in my 30s, no. When I was 21, yeah. I mean, think about when we, when we were 2021. Things were a lot cheaper when we were 2021. Well, that's true, too. That's true. That's true also. So... But I'm just, I guess I'm thinking about the fact that I was making $8 an hour at 21, you know? So, so that, yeah, that is different. But, you know, I guess for, you know, inflation adjusted, you know, maybe that's not, I mean, maybe that would probably be the equivalent of, I don't know, $28, $30 back then, 15 years ago or so. I don't even know what you would do on a first date that would be under $50. You certainly not getting much to eat. Uh, you can go to some happy hours. You can go to some happy hours. Um, you ain't you ain't leaving no tip, for fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not I much. Guess, I guess you shouldn't be getting plastered on. You're not gonna get a drink on your first date. I don't I know. know. I, I know. I remember on my first, so my <laughs> when I when I didn't have a lot of money, I would never. I wouldn't get. Um, 
I wouldn't get anything. No, no, no pop to drink, like no <laughs> drinks, nothing. I would all, I would get water. <laughs> and it's so funny because I still do that to this day and it has nothing to do with finances anymore. It's just like, maybe I built this habit. That's but, funny. Yeah, I would get water. I wouldn't get dessert. And I would probably just get like, like one of the cheapest things, which is typically was typically like the the burger and fries or something like that. You know, I wouldn't get like anything like a steak or or anything. It's interesting because I I've always like, especially like on a first date situation, tend to drink a lot because as you know, I'm at my best when I'm under the influence. <laughs> at least I crack myself up when I'm. <laughs> you think you're at your best, but are you really? I don't know. So uh, yeah, and then. Um, Someone else posted, uh, there was a post that says, once I pay a tab at the restaurant, go ahead and start <laughs> getting horny, boo. See, that's uh, what I mean about salacious. It always so leads <laughs> <to> that. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. But you know what? Drinks are expensive. I mean, that's one of the things that, that yeah. makes, that will make the date, you know, like very expensive. Very expensive. I don't know. I feel like- Drinks are crazy. Like I was out, I told you, I've been out here. I've been out here this summer. And I I love old fashions, and I had one with some Japanese whiskey. It was it was really good. It was one of the best old fashions I've had, and I paid eighteen dollars for it. That was yeah. without the tip. So yeah. with the tip, it was twenty bucks. I, I love how quickly you pivoted from whatever I just read. <laughs> so 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 let's talk about this though. So yes, liquor does add to the price. And clearly, if you don't drink, that's gonna that's gonna save you a bit. But yeah, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this topic is, um, I think, kind of when you're dating someone, kind of like the boundaries that you set and the conversations that you have will set the groundwork for marriage, right? It definitely does. So when does that start, though? Does that start on the first date and like who picks up the tab? Are you one of those dudes that's like? you know do you feel like it's the like should the man always pay the bill on dates in general like where do you start kind of setting those boundaries well i'm a little i i like to say i'm a mix of old school and new school yeah um, you know old school like my grandmother i remember telling me like when i was in high school like if somebody invites you to something mm -hmm. you know maybe they should pay for it right yeah um if, if i'm inviting somebody out then I, I should I should foot the bill. So, mm -hmm. you know, from that standpoint, I mean, that old school point of view, maybe if a girl invites you out, maybe she should foot the bill. Like, but for me, like I always thought that for the most most of the time I would expect just because I know how the world is. Mm -hmm. If I if, if if we're if I'm going on a date with a girl that I need to foot the bill or at least yeah. be prepared to, right? Mm -hmm. Because one thing I did used to watch for is whether or not the girl would even make an effort to pay. You know, even if it's a yeah. fake effort, you know, but you know, or even if we went out two, three, four, or five times and if someone never made an effort to do anything or or pay, that that would be a turnoff for me or at least a red mm -hmm. flag. Because to me, I think that if I'm gonna be in a serious relationship with that person, those uh, actions translate to other things like bigger things mm -hmm. you know it may translate to this person thinks that i have to pay for everything if i'm with them you know like yeah. everything so those are things that that i would say i look at yeah i it's interesting because i view it the same way right i always kind of go into it with the expectation in my head 
that I'm going to pay. However, like if you're not even like attempting to reach for the check or if you're like, oh no, he's he's got it. Like, yeah. Like, and you're making that assumption, like to your point, like there's some there's like a siren that goes off in my head and it's just like, okay, it's And I, I'm not saying you have to do that after the first on the first date. Right. Like, if we went out five times and you know, none of those times you know, you didn't try to do any, contribute anything, like, to me, like, yeah, that's a red flag, in my opinion. So... And I know a lot of males that that would be a red flag. And it has nothing to do with whether or not we can afford it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's bigger than that. It's the yeah. premise of it, you know? Do you think that's changed generationally? Uh, somewhat. I mean, because I'm not on social media a lot, but, mm-hmm. you know, just anecdotally from the things that I see it seems like the culture nowadays you know with the city girls and all mm-hmm. these things that you hear it's about basically the man paying for everything so if that's what this new generation is seeing I can see how people would um, I can I can see how people you know would you know think that the man should pay for essentially everything if that's what they're hearing you know because yeah. The younger generation is is very you know impressionable. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so this is what this is what they're hearing. You know, I think it's a mix though. Like you still have, uh, you know, Saweetie and some of these rappers out there, and you know, to your point, you know, the city, you know, saying that, you know, if if the dude's not buying you a Birkin and crap like that, then you know that's not the one. But at the same time, I go on TikTok and all that's and maybe it's because of what i consume but all i see is like money making hacks and for right. me it's i feel like our generation wasn't about that life at that age so no nah, probably not yeah not to that extent so i think we've got like two different things going on which is which is great you yeah we say i think gen z is going to change the world <laughs> well i i mean i don't have faith in that but we'll see <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see not not from the gen z years that i see but um yeah, I mean, I was never that type of dude who would buy a Birkin bag or anything like that. Partly because, I mean, I just don't value those things. Yeah. Um, um, but, I, I mean, I, I would buy, like, other things. Um, but, yeah, I'm just not, like, I'm just not about to be paying for, for everything. Especially, like, from, from, from the get-go. Or someone who I'm not going to be, like, in a serious relationship with. I'm just not going to do that. Like, yes. So at like at what point in the relationship? So now we've gone beyond the first date for sure, right? At what yeah. point is the appropriate time to start having that conversation about finances and credit score and lifestyle? See, I I, I honestly, and this is what I did with my wife. We we started early on. I honestly mm-hmm. think we probably talked about it on the first date. It's a first wow. free date, but that's just the type of person I am. Like, <laughs> Yeah, people know, like, I, I talk about money. You know what I'm saying? I talk about yeah. money. I'm not shy about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just not shy about that topic. And I know a lot of people may be hesitant to talk about that. Um, so for me, you know, I could talk about myself and how I feel about certain things. And I don't necessarily expect the person to um, uh, to, to talk about themselves. But I wanted to put it out there that, hey, this, this is what I think about. This is, you know, how I think about money. Mm-hmm. So they can get a sense of that. And maybe, you know, if, if they think that we're going to be in a serious relationship, you know, we'll eventually talk about that. But either either way, I think you should start talking about it. I don't think it's like a hard and fast rule. Oh, it got to be a second or third date. I would say if you feel yourself 
getting serious with a person, mm-hmm. then I think you should start talking about that because later on down the line, if you don't talk about it, it's going to come out <laughs> yes. and it may not come out in the most healthiest way because it may come out in an argument because somebody thought they were going to pay this or mm-hmm. you find out this person is in all this credit card debt and now y'all moved in together. You can avoid that just by talking about it, like yeah. right when you start to see yourself getting you know, serious. And it's just mm-hmm. a matter of, yo, talking about like, how do you feel about budgeting? How do you mm-hmm. feel about saving? How do you feel about investing? You know, you don't necessarily have to talk about hard numbers. Although I like to know, uh, well, I kind of knew what my wife was making because I was in HR and we worked at the same company, so I could <laughs> see what she was making. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't even about the money. I say this all the time. It's not about the amount that you're making. It's about the amount that you're keeping. It's about the habits that yeah. you're doing. I care more about the habits because I feel like you can always make more money. But if you got mm-hmm. poor habits, then it's going to be the same thing. You're going you're gonna to bring those same habits to, to that. Yeah. Um, did you ever live with someone you were dating? Well, yeah, you know that. <laughs> Dude, um, I can't. I can't. You can't remember? I yeah. remember. I remember a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did. I that. almost feel like you always kind of had your own place. I had my own place. I did that. Well, someone moved in with me. I did that against my better judgment, um, because you know I, I always felt, and this is what happened in this situation. Mm-hmm. I always felt that once you move in with somebody, you get comfortable. Yep. And you basically start pay- playing house and you feel like you're married, but you're really not. Yep. You know, and to me, that's just a bad situation. So I always wanted to avoid that. And I did for for the most part, except for in one situation. I mean, me and my wife didn't live together until until we got married. But did you find that that was startling? Like somebody moving into your space where all the bills are already in your name. Um, you're already paying for everything. Um, was it hard to have those conversations like, okay, like now you're going to like, I expect you to again, it wasn't in that position before. Again, it wasn't hard for me because like, I'm just (laughs) so blunt with it. But, um, what I would recommend is, and I mean, this was the scenario, you know, yeah, it was, you know, the bills were under my name, but you could easily say, Hey, can you maybe pick, pick up groceries? You know what I'm saying? I think that there are things that can be divided where you can still pay like all the bills, but you know, you just need to come up with a plan where mm-hmm. that person, cause I, I honestly think that everybody should, um, should, should be accountable for something yeah. <laughs> like something. I'm not saying it has to be like this huge portion, whatever, yeah. whatever you guys come up with, but mm-hmm. someone has to have some accountability for, for something. You know, whether that's the groceries, whether that's, uh, I don't know if y'all want cable or internet or anything like that, or faster internet or cable and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, uh, and I've said this on a, on a previous episode, but I view marriage like as a contractual arrangement. It's a business, it's a business relationship, right? Yeah, it is. So like those, like you gotta be very black and white about expectations because um, in both relationships and marriage, because somebody's going to be disappointed if you're thinking in your head you know you're expecting something but you don't vocalize that and you guys and you all don't come to an agreement of like this is what you own this is what i own and it's not just with finances it's with, it's with everything that if it's with everything right yeah yeah definitely i mean you do i mean that's those are the struggles you know of marriage when you're not communicating mm-hmm. well uh you know across whatever it is across whatever subject you know it tends to 
be like a communication issue. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with that. So I got some facts. Okay. Uh, 35% of couples say money causes stress in their relationship. Uh, 33% say that their money related fights were because of spending. Uh, 35% of couples say they don't consult with their partners about large purchases. 35% don't consult Mm. with their partners about large purchases. That's, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 20% hide money rather than argue about it. (laughs) 55% believe a strong budget or saving strategy was the most appealing money related quality in the relationship. So build a budget. 55% think that's appealing. And 75% say it's important to find a partner with a similar approach to money and budgeting, which I, that one's hard, right? Because, yeah, that one, it, it is hard, but this is where I say you got to find out early. And I, I tend to agree with that. I'm not saying you have to agree with everything about money um, uh, because me and my wife definitely don't agree with everything about money. But I think on the the foundation of how we think about money is very similar. But we, it took a... We, a it's a, go ahead. It took time to, and work to get there, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely took time and work. It took some some compromise on my end because maybe I was a little bit more further down the road than she was, and mm-hmm. you know, I was ready to go, 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 or I was, you know, more stringent. So it definitely took compromise. But I think even in that, we all we knew that we wanted to build generational wealth. Like mm-hmm. that was the foundation. Yeah. When we got together, we knew like we both were on the same page about that. So we both understood that to, in order to do that, we will need to make sacrifices. Yeah. You know, so it's just like she may think we should sacrifice in one way. I may think we should sacrifice in another way. But at the end of the day, like that's the, the bases were very similar or the same. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like we, we still have different ways of how we think we should go about doing things, which we talk about. But we always come back to, OK, what's the ultimate goal? Yeah. It's hard, man, when one person has their paycheck planned out to the dime of like, you know, I know when I get paid, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to pay some bills. I'm going to go shopping. Yeah. I'm going to go out to eat. I'm going to. And the other yeah. person's like, I'm not going out to eat with you. I'm saving, you know, like. Right. Yeah. I, got that's, I mean, and, and that's a huge thing, too. I mean, with marriage, you have to decide whether or not you're going to have your money together, like how, how you're going to have the money, like. Yeah, is both of y'all money y'all money or is your money your money their money their money and then you guys divide up the bills however way like we we've chosen to whatever comes in the house it's ours Mm -hmm. like we don't even i don't know what i can't say yo i'm paying for the cable i'm paying for the more i can't it's all just coming in we're building wealth together yeah yeah it's yeah it, we've never had a conversation of well i got a thousand dollars you know what i'm saying it's, yeah. we've never had that for us that's the i'm not going to say it's the easiest i mean it took some time to, to build up to that yeah. but for us i guess we felt like that was the best way if we truly were going to say that we were marrying we're building this together we can't have anyone feeling like they have more mm-hmm. money than the other person in a relationship, you know? And I know relationships like that where like the, the husband or the wife, whoever, you know, is the breadwinner or whatever, has to like ask the other person for money. Like that's not a good uh-huh. feeling, you know? Yeah. Or ask the I, person to do stuff. You know? I'll take it even further. I know people that will like 
a cup like a married couple they'll go grocery shopping and it'll be his stuff on the conveyor belt and it'll be her stuff and they like pay separate out of their accounts yeah, yeah. that's a tough way to live that is especially if because see my thing was with that i never wanted to live like that because it's like what if you know some person makes way more than the other person or yeah. what if somebody stopped working mm-hmm. then what are you going to do like if if my wife stopped working or i stopped working because you know let's just say we couldn't work because of the injury then what are you going to do is it right. now just your money still yeah <laughs> you know so i, I it, that for me that just didn't i couldn't jive with that that whole way of thinking but it, I mean, I know, but I do know couples where, you know, it seems like I'm not all in their relationship, but it seems like it's working where they're having their money separate. I mean, I don't know how far they are along, like in their collective goals. Yeah. But from the outside looking in, it seems like it's working. But for mm. me, yeah, that, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, and then one of the biggest costs of um, marriage. So there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Dr. Dre's. Uh, wife wanting this you know pursuing this huge divorce settlement right and I think when a lot of people approach relationships and marriage you know I think for women women particularly and just like in general I think we're ingrained to say you know we're supposed to grow up go to school get a job get married and that's supposed to be the trajectory of life right right Um, and so people go into it with like the warm fuzzy feelings of like oh I love her oh I love him we're going to get married and the rest will fall in line and don't really look at it from a business time standpoint and think big picture. Right. Yeah. A lot of um, people. And that's how they, that's how you fall into that trap. And then like, once you get there, things happen. And a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of marriages do end in divorce. Right. Um, and I would say like, that's one of the biggest co- potential costs of making the wrong decision in marriage is um, you could end up stuck paying alimony Uh you know it it could be very financially costly if you make the wrong decision yeah it definitely can and i mean sometimes you can even vet a person and i mean i think that's what it is when we're all you know dating we're vetting you know trying to get a sense of who we think this person is going to be but you know what the hard part is people change man Mm -hmm. like i'm not the same person i was 10 years ago like my i don't think like my core values have changed but there's things that have changed you know Um, people should change right yeah yeah definitely but what i'm saying is that can cause like if someone is not on the same page like Mm -hmm. when you first start marrying them and when you first got married and now let's say you guys make a lot more money and you know when people make a lot of money you know stuff started happening like they start the the real them start coming out right Mm -hmm. (laughs) so things can change that kind of changes that equation but at the end of the day yeah the d word divorce is is very expensive for could be for both sides it is definitely going to be expensive for for one side guaranteed so do you think in the case of a divorce that person that was with you for that journey is entitled to sustain that lifestyle if y'all decide it's not working out anymore i mean i think that's a legal question i mean legally it seems like they decided that that's the right thing to do and that's what alimony is for yeah um I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. if kids and things like that are involved, you know, yeah, I think to, it's to, to an extent, a different thing, yeah, right? To an extent, but you know, if you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't agree I, with it. I think it's bullshit. But well, it depends. Why. I mean, because it's just like 
if, if they well I don't know when they got married like Dr. Dre and, and his ex-wife got married like if she was there when they had zero you know I definitely think from that standpoint she's entitled to something um, now the dollar mm-hmm. amount that's I mean I think she's entitled to something just because they built something together even though she wasn't the one but you never know like his wealth although a majority of it you know, probably came from, you know, music related, but there's probably other things that she's involved in. I don't know, maybe um, that she she's played a role in. So it's kind of hard to say. I guess what I'm trying to say is don't conflate feelings and finances, right? Oh, because definitely not. like when you're talking about this, like she's, you know, she was a business partner on this and she's entitled to that. Well, there should have been contracts that covered those things, right? Um, yes. So and, yes. and to your point, <laughs> circumstances change, people change. So like, protect yourself that's why and for your the reality is the average person doesn't have a prenup doesn't know about a postnup um but don't conflate feelings and finances i guess and it's it's hard it's easier said than done yeah but it is it is it is but yeah you have to you you definitely have to protect yourself first and foremost yeah if your name's like you got to ask the questions why aren't your name why isn't your name on these things right mm-hmm. it, uh, so all right um so what would you say are some of the biggest financial benefits of marriage? I mean, for one, you know, if if you're looking for a house, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, having combined incomes definitely help you. You know, like if if you're say if you know one person makes mm-hmm. uh, fifty thousand dollars and the other person makes one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, so combined, you know, it's two hundred thousand. You guys can afford a bigger a larger, buying power. Yeah, a bigger buying power, but. If someone, you know, only made $50,000, you know, they will only be by themselves would be able to afford, you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a smaller amount in a mortgage. And I would think that would lead to better uh, mortgage rates as well. Yep. I think a huge thing is taxes. You know, um, you know your PMI, like in California, and I don't know about the rest of the country, uh, being married in most cases will reduce your PMI by about $100 if you have mm. um, um, mortgage insurance. So, because they 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 view a married person as being more stable, stable. Than you know, single. there's there's a lot of insurances like that. Because I was about to say that, mm-hmm. like car insurance, you're mm-hmm. gonna have a better rate because you're more stable. Um, uh, so yeah, any type of insurances, uh, even you know, uh, when you look at medical insurance, health insurance, um, depending on like if you marry, especially like with kids, mm-hmm. if you look at that versus the individual rate you tend to get a discount you know the more people yeah the more people um so if you actually uh look at that yeah that's uh definitely less expensive um as far as like joining things like credit cards like Mm -hmm. i've said how many times i think i got what 35 credit cards i think i I just got (laughs) another one actually so i got 36 i think now yeah but my wife is on majority of those as a as a uh what do you call it authorized user mm-hmm. and she gets the benefit of that added now you don't have to be married to to do this but i mean honestly i wouldn't be doing this anybody else that, right. that wasn't my spouse but um she gets the benefit of the great credit history you know just by you know uh being an authorized user and vice versa you know with hers I'm an authorized user on some of hers as well. And you're earn and you're earning points on her transactions as well. Yes. So. Yep. 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 Definitely. Um, I would say like retirement. Yeah. That's retirement huge. options. Yeah. Like what, what the social improved. security benefits will pay out for, for your, like 
an individual versus a spouse. It's yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, not only that, and I mean, it's not like uh, with Social Security, it's not just like a hard and fast rule because it's definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you can get spousal, depending on the situation, you can get spousal support. You can get, you can continue receiving depending on who passes away first. You can continue to receive, you know, some of the Social Security from your from your spouse, uh, which is big. Or if you're not if you're not save uh, one of the um, uh, individuals are um, doesn't work. Say say they stay home and take care of the kids. Uh, they could potentially get Social Security or or spousal Social Security, um, even though they haven't worked. Another thing too is thinking about retirement accounts. Um, mm-hmm. You can save in a Roth IRA for your spouse if they're not working. Yeah, like, that's huge. Like if you were by yourself and you wasn't working, you can't save in a Roth IRA because you have to have earned income. Mm-hmm. But if you're home taking care of the kids, that person can still get some money generated towards their uh, Roth IRA account, which is it's really big. Yeah. So I guess the takeaways for me here, and I don't know if you have more on this topic, but I would say my takeaways are have those conversations early and upfront. Make sure y'all are on the same page in terms of your financial goals. Um, And then uh, just, yeah, just make sure, I would say those are the biggest things. Just make sure you're on the same page and you have the same goals. Yeah, I would say just continue to talk about it too. I mean, continue, whether that's once a year, like continue once a quarter, once a month. Uh, me and my wife used to do monthly uh, meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we should, I mean, it's probably like once a year or so now. But but y'all are uh, talking more transactionally yeah. on an ongoing basis. Right, right. But I just say check in just to make sure you guys are still on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's always good to have that check in and keep the lines of communication open. Um, yeah, I think that's the big thing. But yeah, I definitely agree. If you're if you're dating someone, man, have those. <laughs> Have those those conversations early, cause man, uh, you don't you don't want to find out someone is uh, not on the same page and you don't move in uh, mm-hmm. with them, and it it, it could be a disaster. Yep, because and you, one- you wanted to marry this person, and you know, yeah. All right, you you're done with this uh, salacious topic. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So, what's D money loving this week? Uh, so I am loving. I'm actually looking for. It. I just lost it. Um, I believe it's it's a it's it's a YouTuber again. I, I talk about how I love YouTube, and for me, um, I uh uh been you know Bitcoin and and. Uh, just cryptocurrency has been like a huge topic of discussion, right? For mm-hmm. for everyone. So uh, there's this uh, this gentleman who actually uh, teaches um, Bitcoin and things like that that I've been uh, following. So I wanted to give uh, credence to, but I can't find it right now. It's, I think it's called Uncommon Sense, Eli. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has a he, he goes he, he uh, does a deep dive into uh, just cryptocurrency, um, just understanding that. And for me, like, I like to research. I like to learn if I'm going to invest in something. Yeah. I like to definitely like understand it as much as I can. So, uh, check out uncommon. I believe it's uncommon sense. Eli. Got it. He's on Instagram and, uh, YouTube. 
Cool. Um, so my stock pick is one that we that I've talked about a lot um, on this podcast, and it's not a stock; it's an EFT, and it's VU. Um, and the reason I want to talk about an EFT, it's about uh, so EFTs amount for about thirty percent of my portfolio. Um, versus buying individual stocks because of course th- there's higher risk with individual stocks right mm-hmm. um uh the voo vu is the, um it's the s&p fi- financial uh so here's the deal you get to earn a piece of 500 plus companies and these are like the most profitable companies um we know that the s&p financial um has never lost money over the course of a 20-year trajectory right so s&p 500 the S&P 500 is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it delivers an average of a 20% return. There's a, This particular fund has a low expense ratio. So um, I, I tend to dump a lot of money into this because it's pretty secure, like I said, versus buying individual stocks. Um, so uh, that's my pick of the week. And I just want to, I got kind of a... a I don't know if you want to call it a testimony or whatever you want to call it, but that was one of the funds that I invested in early on. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I don't think it was actually VOO. It was through T. Rowe Price, but it was it was equivalent to VOO. Yeah. And when I started investing in that, uh, once we got out of college, the the uh, the the collapse happened in two thousand eight, mm-hmm. and I remember I remember looking at. Okay, I remember it was worth about $100 per share. And it literally went, I remember this, it went down to $30 per share. Mm. And instead of taking my money out, I kept investing a lot at the $30 a share. I actually started investing more. I think I was, at the time, I was investing like $50 a month. And I remember upping it to $200 a month. Mm -hmm. And it was down, it was down a lot to $30 a month. And now that same fund is worth $400 a month. So... Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's 12 years later, but I was able to ride in all that growth. Um, and it was very simple and very, like, not stressful, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to put it in there. So, yeah, I love any of the funds that um, that follows the S&P 500. It's, it's one of the, the greatest things I think that you can invest in. Yeah, because any, like you think about, like, and we talk about stocks all the time, and I always have these stock picks. Um, and I'm trying to limit, like, my individual stocks to, like, a maximum yeah. of 20 because it's yeah. like anything can much. happen with an individual company. But when you're talking right. about a fund with so many big, profitable companies, like, you're going to win. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Right. I mean, yeah. Anything else for the people before we uh, put this one to bed? Oh, so I want to say it's not uncommon sense, Eli. It's common sense, Eli. So, uh, yeah, check that out if you want to learn about uh, cryptos, blockchain technology. It's definitely a great resource. All right. Another one in the books. For sure. We'll holler. Later.